0: Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Blessed feast of theophany. What does the word theophany actually mean? The word theophany. So, if we break it up, we have Theo and Fanny. So, Fanny literally means revelation or appearance. And Theo is God. So, we put it together, we have God revealed or manifested. Okay, so this is the feast of the revelation of God. This is the feast in which God is revealed to humanity. So, in what way is He revealed? We recognize today the baptism of Christ. So, the church is telling us, in the baptism of Christ, God is revealed. God is manifested to humanity in this event, in this mystery in which Christ is, is baptized. During the baptism, we see that the Father speaks, he testifies of his Son, says, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And then we also see the Spirit above in the form of a dove, right? So we have the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, so what's revealed to us Is the Trinity. What's revealed to us is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What's revealed to us is who God is, the three persons in one. The three persons in one. Now, for many people to say that God is three in one does not make sense. And even for us as Christians, a part of it will really never make sense because it's so far beyond our limited human brains, it's beyond our minds. But we have to at least enter into this mystery in order to taste and know who God is, right? So we have to ask, why is God revealed as the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? Why couldn't He just be the one God, not necessarily three persons, just the one person? I mean, nobody would object if He was just the one God created us, the one person, then after everything fell apart, once Adam and Eve sinned, then this one person would come and become man and then just solve everything on his own. Like, what's the problem with that? Right? Now, we have to be careful when we ask these theoretical questions whenever we just venture into the open like this and we just ask, why not this? Why not that? But we're not asking this question just to question God. But we really ask in order to understand why is it that God revealed Himself to us in this way? And why is it that we know who He is to be the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? What can we learn when when we try to approach this mystery? So, we know that this is His nature, right? This is His nature. And by definition, we say God is love. Like that's who he is. That's his nature. So by God's nature to be the Trinity, this is at the very core of his expression of that love. In his divine DNA, if you can call it that, is the Trinity which is what love is. The Trinity is the expression of love and because he is Trinity, Because He is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We have the proof of His love. Okay, now, this might seem to be a stretch. that We say, God is, is love, and this is revealed to us just because He's the Trinity. But, I'll explain what I really mean by that. Imagine that God was just one person. Okay, one person. And this one person creates everything. So, in this one person, would He know how to share would he know what equality really means would he have any sense of fellowship absolutely not everything would be below this one person it would literally be a monarchy right? it would be like Hitler just governing, commanding, pointing fingers left and right so unless we think of God to be this single person up in the sky, this mighty divine being that's just commanding and raining fire and brimstone at his will, then we would say there's no way that he's one person. Right? Okay, so let's say we we recognize the problem with one person having... Love and experiencing what that really means within his nature. And maybe we could suggest two persons can have love, right? Two equals can know how to love one another, right? Okay, well, there might still be a problem there too. I'll give you a very simple example. Have you ever hung out with somebody who just fell in love with somebody else? Like whenever they're on their honeymoon phase? (laughs) Yeah, so... I can tell you from my own experiences, I remember I was uh, out to dinner with uh, uh, family and friends, and uh, one of my close friends that I, I, uh, I missed, I haven't hung out for a while, and I tell him, um, like, bro, we haven't hung out for a long time. Like, we need to go do something and spend some time together. He's like, yeah, I, I miss you. We need to do something. Uh, together, so uh, I said, you know, I actually have to go up to Bakersfield to um, to fix something in my car up there. So why don't you come up with me and we'll have like a little road trip together? Okay, so this person was just engaged for a couple of months, okay, and you know, at this time I I tell him like, you know, I'm looking forward to this trip and we we'll plan it for this trip to happen in, in the next week. And as soon as we finish planning this trip where we're going to just have some good bro time together, he looks over and his fiance sitting right next to him, he says, hey, me and Ki are going to go up to Bakersfield next week. You want to come with us? (laughs) And because he's in love, right? Because he's in this honeymoon phase and all that's on his mind is this one single person, right? And... Any couple will come to tell you the dynamic of their love does not really change until the kids enter into the picture, right? And you have to extend your attention beyond your spouse to your kids. It's a challenge, right? Because whenever there's just a relationship between two persons, it still becomes linear. It can still be very selfish. That everything is isolated to one person, and that becomes the object of your attention. You don't know how to really share yourself. There's no real fellowship within this linear relationship. It's just a duet. So, we see that beyond the two, once we have three, there is fellowship. There is like a little team. Okay, You can kind of put it that way. There's a little team. So, what we see in God in the the Trinity, is that there is equality, not just In two people but in three persons that are equal in authority, equal in will, equal in divinity, equal in their essence, in all things, equal, right? And of course, once we extend beyond the three persons, then we basically have like a sort of polytheism, right? Where it's just, it becomes totally out of control. So God is simple, right? Right? God is simple. And that's why he reveals himself to be the Trinity. And in his simplicity, he reveals himself to be love. And this might be like a whole abstract and theoretical bit of information. And you might think, okay, that's, you know, not a big deal. But it really is. It really is. This is something that should totally change the way we look at God. Because if God is complete, if He is perfect, if He exists in the fellowship of the Trinity, lacking absolutely nothing, then we look at everything that He does in a completely different light. We look at the fact that He creates everything for the sake of His goodness alone. He doesn't create out of a need. Right? You know, whenever parents... Come to a certain point in their life and they want to have a child, it's really to share that need for love. Parents come to a point where they they need to express that love and they need to have a child so there's a reciprocal expression of love between the child and the parents. And some parents that can't have children, like a couple that's trying and trying and trying and can't have children, feel empty, feel like there's something missing. See, in God, that doesn't exist. God is perfect, He's complete. In the fellowship of the Trinity, He is lacking absolutely nothing. So we look at every single thing that comes out of God as pure love, unconditional love. Allowing a creation to come into existence knowing what it would cost. Knowing that as soon as He creates humanity, there would be rebellion. And that's why we celebrate the the nativity and theophany. Christ having come to earth was the consequences of our transgression which were not a surprise to God. He knew very well, right? We also realize that if God is in His very essence love, and we are created to have the image and likeness of God, then what does that tell you about our nature? What does that tell you about our essence? In our, the core of our being, we are wired to live like God. We are wired to be God. We are wired to have that perfect unconditional love. Of course, that doesn't happen because of the transgression that has deviated our path. Right? Of course, that doesn't happen because of our weaknesses. But in reality, in our DNA, we are wired to have unity, to have fellowship with one another, to have unconditional love no matter what. So this tells us that we ought to live according to the way we are created. Right? I remember when I, uh, when I lived with my parents, I wasn't neat, uh, and I wasn't organized. I'm still not that organized, but I'm not a neat guy, right? So I uh, I would let my uh, my clothes pile up here and there in my room, and I had a desk and a chair that I would sit on and you know, study or read in the corner of my room. And as uh, my life got more and more disorganized and my clothes piled up, they would pile up on my chair. Okay, And so one shirt after another, a pair of pants after another, until my chair no longer functions as a chair. It's basically like a standing hanger. <laughs> and you can't hang. It's basically a part of my closet. At, at some point, This object ceased to exist according to the purpose of its creation. It was manufactured to be a chair. We are manufactured to be what we see in Theophany. We are manufactured, created, wired to be love. To be lacking in nothing apart from God. So this is what should fuel us. To know the gift of, of our DNA, our spiritual makeup, to know that we are created to have this level of love and fellowship with one another. And this is ultimately what completes us. You know, if this chair that I was talking about, I was giving you an example about this chair in my room, if it had feelings, how do you think it would feel? <laughs> I feel like like, dude, this is not w- w- what they made me for. <laughs> I'm not a hanger, right? So we are incomplete. In as much as we fail to love. We are incomplete in as much as we fail to have true fellowship with one another. We are incomplete in as much as we fail to have unity and peace. We are incomplete when we elevate ourselves to be superior to someone and exercise a sense of a superiority or trying to dominate others. Because that doesn't exist in God. It's equality and love and fellowship and union. So I pray we really take this to heart and that it fuels the way we ought to live and to God is due all glory forever and ever. Amen.